Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today we're coming from, coming to you from Bolivia, where we're sitting in a small hostel with the sun setting, and we're hoping we can continue to read our notes. Yeah, um, there's no light. We're hoping that, well, there is a light bulb, but uh, no electricity, so we're hoping a generator will come on, which is what happened yesterday. Yeah. We arrived, it was all dark, and um, luckily it got light when it got dark. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, we've been doing a tour from Ayuni, which is a town in the um, south of Bolivia, and we've crossed um, the salt flats and we've done a day through the desert today. And tomorrow we're going to do another day through the desert and end up in San Pedro, which is in Chile. Yeah, we've had a great time so far. We've seen all sorts of cool things. Like today we saw a tree made of rock. So it was, you know. You're still not making any sense. <laughs> It was a rock formation shaped like a tree. That's perfectly logical. <laughs> we also saw some flamingos and what else do we do? We saw, uh, just, it's been beautiful, amazing rock formations, wildlife like uh, vicuñas, flamingos. Um, the lakes have been all different colours and the mountains yeah, we as well. We saw the mountain of seven colours. That's another thing we saw today. Yep. Yeah. I think there's several of those hanging around. Yeah, probably. So the, the high mineral content makes them all, um, makes them all really colourful. Well, today's show is sponsored by a new sponsor for us, and one we hope you'll enjoy. It's Audible.com. Now, Audible has over 75,000 audiobooks that you can download and listen to. They're all professionally recorded. And uh, you can pick up a free audiobook by visiting IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Audible. Or if you don't know how to spell that, IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Audiobook. And um, if you sign up for a free membership, Download um, your book in the first couple of weeks before the payment cycle clicks in, and uh, then cancel. Then we still get a commission, and you still get a free audiobook. Yeah. So if you enjoy listening to podcasts, then um, yeah, definitely have a listen. Today we're going to be talking about what we've been doing for the last I don't know ten days, two weeks, which is traveling around Bolivia, and um, hopefully give you an idea of what travel conditions are like here and some of the the good things and the bad things that we've encountered. Yeah, Bolivia is really interesting. It's similar and completely different to Peru. It's a lot. The food is similar, but I think in some ways better. And it's a lot. It's even cheaper than Peru, and Peru is really, really cheap. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess as an overview, this is our penultimate day. We're crossing back down into Chile tomorrow through um, through the desert into San Pedro, Yay. and um, we've only been to a few places. We crossed the border from Peru and spent a few days in Copacabana. Then we uh, went on to La Paz, which is the capital, and then we um, started our journey down this way. So we haven't really seen a lot of Bolivia, so um, no, be aware there's a lot, lot more than what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, we just don't have time. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We've got four months in South America, and we still don't feel like we've got enough time to see everything. Yeah, and which is silly, because we're only visiting four countries, I think. Maybe five. Which is, yeah, uh, maybe five, yeah. So we've... We're, we're running. It's a big place and there's lots of cool things to do. Yeah. Well, let's start by talking about our beginnings in Bolivia. Sure. So we were crossing from um, Puno where we went cruising on Lake Titicaca and visited the, the artificial floating islands and a couple of other islands out there. And then we were coming uh, by bus. We are doing a day bus and they're really regular. It's um, only three hours. It's only three hours, yeah, from Puno to Copacabana. Yeah, I think it's six hours between... Puno and La Paz, which is what we were thinking about doing, but then we decided to change our plans because we do that, you know, and go to Copacabana. 
So we decided to catch the 7.30 bus. We had to go on this day, which was the 20th of April, which was the anniversary slash birthday. Uh, Craig and my wedding anniversary and our travel companion Janine's birthday. So it was quite a special day, but we, we were planning on celebrating somewhere um, on this day. But as it turned out, we had to actually travel because our other friend Angela's passport had been stolen and she'd managed to get an emergency travel document. But it was a British travel document and useful in that we managed to leave the country. But almost completely useless in other ways. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be valid for a year and said it was valid for a month and only valid for travel on one day. So what was the point of the validity for, <laughs> for, a, for a month? I don't understand because you couldn't yep. actually leave any other country. <laughs> so it said in it, this, this document is valid for travel into Bolivia on the 20th of April. Yeah, so we were forced to do it. And uh, so, yeah, a note, if your passport does get stolen and you need an emergency travel document, try and be as vague as possible about your travel plans <laughs> so the bureaucrats don't pin you down to oh, one man. particular day and time and border crossing even. It was um, So another interesting thing about the Bolivian border crossing, well, first of all, it was really easy, it has to be said. <laughs> In um, the uh, Peruvian side, we had to go and show our tourist ticket. Don't lose that little white piece of paper they give you. Yeah. Uh, we had to go and show that to a police officer who put a stamp on it. Then we went to immigration, um, and they stamped us out of the country. Yeah. We walked 200 meters uphill. That was possibly the most difficult part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and crossed over the border where there was another little office, and our tour bus was waiting up there as well. Um, and we went in and they gave us a form to fill out we did that and they stamped us into the country but 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 but. new zealanders are allowed 30 days uh, sorry 90 days in bolivia but they refused to give anybody there more than 30 days so it was just it was ludicrous um you'd imagine they'd want you to stay as As long long as as possible possible and spend as much money as possible but no we got one third of our allotted time and we couldn't budge them yeah now by it was really easy craig's talking about four members of our party the fifth (laughs) angela who had the emergency travel document for her it was not so easy in fact it was not easy at all because we went first we went to the police and they said where's your piece of paper that you know that little travel document and she said well my passport was stolen they said go to immigration so we went to immigration and they said where's your entry stamp she said my passport was stolen and they said well you need an entry stamp otherwise you can't leave the country and she said but my passport was stolen they said well you need an entry stamp and she said well here's all the documentation to show that my passport was stolen they said you should have gone to immigration in cusco she said i did (laughs) they said you'll have to go back and get an entry stamp in cusco she said I have to enter Bolivia on this date because that's what my passport says. We went round and round in circles for ages until we finally worked out that they just wanted money. Yeah. So we gave them 20 so, bucks. <laughs> we offered them a, a fee to waive the, the necessary entry stamp, which, um, yeah, worked, yeah. Out, worked out wonderfully. Yeah, it was fine. So they just wanted 20 US dollars. They, asked for, they, they told us how much they wanted, so that was good. We didn't have to work that out. And, um, yeah, he... he Gave us a, a form to fill out. We went back to immigration. She filled that out. Then we went back, got the stamp. It was, it was okay, very long, roundabout. Long story short, um, don't lose your passport. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the gist of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure is. Well, from the border, we went the other eight or ten kilometres down to the little town called Copacabana. And um, it is, well, 
not much of a town, really, is it? No, it's quite nice, but it's basically just a tourist town. There's lots and lots of market stalls selling things, and there's lots of restaurants, and it's basically just a base to go off to the Isla del del Sol. Mm, Now, that is really worthwhile and cool. So this is one of the islands that's um, in the bay, just outside Mm -hmm. Copacabana, in uh, Lake Titicaca, which is the highest navigable lake in the world. Just fact dropping there. (laughs) They they, they they do say that a lot. They do say that a lot. (laughs) Giving an authentic feeling for the experience. Um, But what we did was we got dropped off in the north side of the island in the morning, um, and then we hiked um, the island. took about three and a half, four hours, had a quick bite to eat, and then jumped on a boat in the south part of the island. And it was a beautiful day. Yeah, it was really cool. But we were told that the the boat was leaving at 3.30, and we were powering to get across the island in that time because we'd been a bit slow to begin with, I think. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think the boat left without some people. Yeah, I think it might have done, and we were um, kind of shouting at some of our, our friends yeah, who were on the uh, well in the bay. Yeah, I while think they were the, told it was leaving at four. Yeah, um, the ferry leaves at four, yeah. which costs a lot more than if you pre-buy your tickets, mm-hmm. your return tickets um, yeah. from a small tour operator yeah, in Copacabana. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a worthwhile day. If you've got more time and you've got camping gear, go camp up in the North Island north part of um, Isla del Sol there were quite a few people doing that and it yeah. looked really beautiful but we didn't know about it so oh we knew yeah. that there were hotels and hostels as well mm. but we decided not to because we didn't really have that much time yeah so on from there to La Paz um, this was our first example of a, um, a Bolivian bus company okay. and it was certainly a, a step down yes it was hilarious no it was so much fun so we got on the bus and uh we were told that it was going to take us three hours. What we didn't know was it was going to be three hours and a boat trip. We had to get off the bus, get on a little motorboat, cross Lake Titicaca. The boat got on this barge, which looked like it was going to fall apart in any minute. And, um, yeah, we met up on the other side and then got back on and headed on to La Paz. Yeah, the video we've got from that is quite funny. I'm looking forward to, to putting all of this together in video because it's... Um, yeah, it, it, was, was, it was just surreal. this wooden barge, and the the bus kept on looking like it was going to be submerged because it was quite choppy. Yeah. Um, we thought the the small passenger ferry with about thirty people and four life jackets was going to be submerged at one point yeah. as the you know the horizon, the horizon. disappeared. Um, it was fantastic. And yeah, so it was. And no one mentioned this to us. Oh, and we had to pay for that as well. We had to so pay we extra. bought our bus tickets, yeah. and then we got there. It wasn't very much. It was like one fifty, which is like twenty cents or something like that. But. Copacabana has no ATMs. This is a big problem if you're used to changing country, going to an ATM and pulling out local currency, which is what we tend to do. Exactly. We got there and we had no Bolivianos, which are also called called souls. Um, So we had no no local currency. Um, We changed a bit of the border. And actually the border exchange rate was really good. Yeah, we'd we'd read in the guidebook that there were no ATMs, but the guidebook was a year old and we didn't really believe it. (laughs) (laughs) So we'd hoped that things had changed. That's still true. April 2010, no ATMs in Copacabana. That's right. But you can can change um, US dollars really easily and at a really good exchange rate. And we also changed... Chilean pesos and we didn't change euros because um, the exchange rate there was really terrible yeah, was, when we got to La Paz it was you only okay. got about two thirds of the value it was shocking, it was shocking. Um, so, so make sure you have some US dollars takeaway is always travel with emergency oh, cash definitely. enough to get you through at least a day maybe two days yeah. um, enough to um, give a give a fee to your border yeah. guard and um, yeah, <laughs> enough to yeah enough to keep you alive for a couple of days in case ATMs malfunction yeah luckily um, we were fine on that 
Angela yeah. didn't have any because it had been stolen with her passport. Yeah. But um, yeah, other two companions had a little bit, but I think we managed to bankroll everyone basically because we had so much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, always always carry some cash. Yeah, definitely. Um, so on to um, La Paz, a very very interesting city. Yeah, I enjoyed my time in La Paz. We arrived and we stumbled across a cafe because we didn't have any way of getting in touch with the person we were going to be staying with immediately. So we found this cafe and just stayed there for a couple of hours. And mm. um, we managed to get in touch with our host. We were couch surfing, and um, the people we were staying with were so lovely. They were really, really welcoming and. It was just amazing. Yeah, it was a really good experience. Um, if you are couch surfing, make sure you get a, f- a contact phone number before you arrive in the city. Yeah. Um, we had one and we had access to a phone, but uh, we did struggle to get in touch. So we decided to go somewhere safe, um, which was in a cafe where we could put down all our gear and um, use the internet to try and, you know, pick up some more information and do the things we needed to do while uh, we waited for him to get home. So we had a really good experience with couchsurfing, and the next day we went back into the city. Oh, success! Lights just came on. It's Let's see. <laughs> Generator started. <laughs> awesome. So we were talking about La Paz and our gastronomic tour. So we went on a walking tour, as recommended by The Lonely Planet. Mark has The Lonely Planet, so we've been using that. And um, it was really cool. We just kind of walked around, and every time we saw any street food that looked vaguely interesting, we stopped and bought one. I think the best one was the deep-fried stuffed mashed potato. It was amazing. So good. Yeah, so I I was stuck inside while these guys went out walking and eating. Um, (laughs) Wi-Fi in Copacabana, also, well, impossible to find. And internet speeds, too slow to load Gmail on mobile version. Let's put it that way. I just don't want to think about it. So I spent, um, I spent... well, one and a half, two days catching up on work. But the thing that excited me about this um, walking tour was the um, the mashed potato thing that you yeah. just talked about with the potato stuffed with meat. That you could also get ones with banana. I don't care. Potato stuffed with meat <laughs> is is heaven. Yeah. It's we got one. The next day we went to the markets and we got one stuffed, that was banana stuffed with meat. And that was weird because it kind of had that sweet flavour. Mm. It was kind of like that time we had pastel de choclo in Santiago. Yeah. Yeah, we expected it to be a savoury dish because, you know, it had meat in it. <laughs> but it was but full with food. Well, full of sugar. And yeah, and then you, you put more sugar on the more top. More sugar on top. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, one of the things we did in La Paz, which I really enjoyed, I thought it was an interesting day trip, was going out um, out near where we were couch surfing to the Valley de la Luna. Oh, yeah, Which cool. is a weird geological formation. It seems like there was some, some harder rock and rain and water erosion just stripped out everything in the middle. Um, so it's left these these weird towers and... They would be stalagmites if they were in a cave. Yeah. Um, but they're not. They're just outside. So it's weird. It's yeah. very weird, but very cool. It's and a whole lot of the formations have names like the lady's hat and the old grandfather and things like that. So you, know, you kind of have to stand and look at it going, it doesn't look like a turtle. <laughs> yeah, having no imagination at all, I couldn't see any of these things. But it was really interesting geologically. <laughs> then we went to the zoo. No, before that we had a really good lunch opposite the zoo. That's right. Now that was, that made the day, I think. It was cool, it was really nice. It was chicken and meat and sausages. Mm, just some lo- salad, I spilled the salad all over my trousers, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Lovely barbecued food and lots of locals obviously go out to the valley. They don't pay to enter the, the Valley de la Luna, but they obviously go out there on the weekend and have a family lunch together at these little roadside restaurants yeah. and go to the park and go to the zoo. Yeah. Um, now, the zoo 
we, we weren't even going to look at how much it costs because in our experiences, zoos are really, really expensive. But Craig, I said, Craig, just go over and have a look at how much it was. And it was, what, three soles, 350 or $3.50. It was something ludicrous. It was 70 New Zealand cents, I think we worked out. So we thought, we'll go and we'll have a wander around the zoo because we had heats of time because the Valley de la Luna, while very interesting, wasn't as fascinating as we thought it might be. It wasn't as big, actually. It was mm. really interesting, but it wasn't as extensive as we'd, we'd been made to Yeah, it was maybe an hour. Yeah. So we went to the zoo, and that was really interesting to go to a different zoo. I found it cool to see, um, you know, the, the, the South American animals. Mm-hmm. And also it was interesting because quite a lot of the animals had really, really big enclosures, and then some of them were stuck in tiny little cages, so it was kind of like the best and the worst of zoos. Yeah, it was, it was really strange. Yeah. Um, but it did, overall, like, I don't really like zoos because I don't like animal cruelty, but overall I came away with a, a good feeling about... Yeah how animals were treated, and they had a full veterinary hospital yeah, there. Cool. And, um So, yeah, it, it seemed better than better than many, mm-hmm. um, especially many that you'd pay less than a dollar to go and see. Yeah, it was great. I found it really interesting to see the condors and... Yeah, and the jaguars. Uh, the jaguars, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It was really interesting. Hey, um, we should talk about um, our trip to the um, the markets up in, um, what's it called, Pan- Panalto? Something like that, I'm not sure. Yeah, up... Um, La Paz is divided into different sections, but right up on the top of the hill are these amazingly extensive markets where you can buy anything Anything. you want, as long as anything you want are very cheaply made clothing or (laughs) dubiously second-hand well-made clothing. (laughs) Or lots and lots of very nice street food, which we also partook of again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. But there were a lot of people, and unfortunately, Janine got pickpocketed. Luckily, um, she she had a very good personal security, but it was interesting because she got um, sand thrown at her, and at the same time, a whole bunch of people s- surrounded her and started patting her down. So this is one of those scams that mm. just happens, you yeah. know. But I mean, and it was the, in the midst of the, a lot of people. The crowd also managed to separate all of the four of us that were wandering around together as yeah. well. We couldn't, there was no way to get back. Yeah. And this is um, a common scam, I guess. Bolivia is the poorest of the South American countries that mm. we're traveling through and so petty theft and, and crime is more ripe yeah. um, so the scam goes somebody throws something at you to distract you and you maybe put down your bag or you stop paying attention for a second because you're wondering what this what happens, thing yeah. is and then a group of people will surround you and, and pickpocket you um, Now, a variation, um, a well-known variation, also happened to Janine on our last day as we were leaving the bus, uh, walking up to the bus station. Somebody sprays some gunk on you, some shaving cream, some mustard. Or they spit on you or something like that. Yeah, and someone very nicely tells you that you've got something on your bag or your back or something like that and offers to help you clean it off. Yeah. While at the same time they're confederates, Take your take your bag, pickpocket you, or you know. So, if this happens to you, if somebody goes, "Oh, you've got something smelly on your back," or keep walking, keep walking, get into another place with more people in a, you know, just just keep moving, get out of there. Don't trust anyone for the next two to five minutes. Definitely, definitely. And Janine and Ange dealt with it really, really well. Like I think Janine lost a pen in her first encounter and absolutely nothing in the second one. So that was really good. Yep. Now, a variation on that again, which we heard about from another traveller, was um, she was invited, she had um, a pack on her back and a day bag on her front, and she got invited in to see a shrine um, in a little, you know, like... It was in a bus terminal, so I think it was just like a little arcade or a little cup or something like that. A little kind of shop kind of thing, Um, and 
they looked at the looked at the shrine and looked at the artifacts, and somebody tied a scarf between the shrine and her pack. So when she stepped away, the entire table and the statue and everything collapsed onto the ground and broke and into broke. many many and, pieces. And she was of course shocked, and she put down her bag to go and. Um, deal with the broken statue and by the time she had done that her bag was gone yeah the statue was valueless it was it was all a scam to um you know to, to steal a bag. bag and it worked and they got everything in her bag they, yeah they Camera, got all the photos from over money. a year of traveling yeah, in south was, america so it was terrible yeah so watch watch out for for those kind of things um what else have we got oh taxis um in everywhere always use a registered taxi in Bolivia it's it's harder than most because there's about 50 million taxis and probably about 60 million taxi companies yeah I um, there, there's no uniformity there's there's no one trusted company you can wait for because there might only be 20 of them and you wait for them all day that's right um, the thing to look out for is what's called a radio taxi or radio mobile and so these are taxis that have um, kind radio. of VHF radios yeah. and they should call their base and check in and tell them where they are and where they're going after you've got your fare yeah we have used, we used them a lot and they were the ones that the police used for example we were waiting for a taxi on our first day and when a cop came up and said can I help you? You know, we said, we're just waiting for a taxi. And he took over and found us a taxi and went... And <laughs> wrote down the license plate yeah, of the taxi driver and the address we yeah. were going to. But it was funny because and, uh, he wouldn't let us take the first two taxis because he thought the price was too high. <laughs> we were yeah. going, we're happy to pay. Let us in the taxi. <laughs> it's keeping inflation down, but it was worked out to... One dollar. One dollar between one, the five of us. That's one, 20 cents each. One New Zealand dollar, yeah. But what I thought was funny was the, the cop allowed five of us to go in one taxi. <laughs> So I thought that was uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, another tip on taxis we got told was uh, use taxis with uh, driven by older men, people kind of fifty plus, who grey haired men or women, and there's less likely to be any chance that they're working with an organised gang to drive you to a quiet place in the city and mug you. Yeah. Also, if you're travelling just by yourself, it's a good idea to sit behind the driver. Oh, why is that? I don't know, but that's what it says on all the signs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good to know. <laughs> of course, never get in a taxi with someone else, and if you get a bad feeling, just walk away. You're not, yeah. you're not going to hurt their feelings. Yeah. Oh, and also make sure when you, when you get a taxi, make sure you agree on the price before you get in. Mm. We, we've always done this, but at one point we'd got, in, we'd got the taxi, we'd all got in, and then we took off, and the taxi driver tried to tell us that he was going to charge us four times what we paid for the same journey six or seven times so we managed to negotiate them down but it was still it was a lot harder yeah and if you get to your destination and they say this is the price there's not a lot you can do about it yeah so you really throw some money at them and walk away and hope they don't get too angry that's right so make sure before you even get into the car check that they will take you to the destination because sometimes they don't want to yeah and ask how much it costs (laughs) and then agree on the price like agree with them say what it is if you're not happy with it say a lower number and if they don't agree with it just find another taxi yeah um, we talked about the policemen before who were so helpful. Um, there are no plainclothes policemen in, as far as I know, all of South America, certainly not in Bolivia, Peru, or Chile, that will um, come and talk to you and challenge you as a tourist. Um, they're under strict instructions that only uniformed police officers are to deal with tourists. So anyone who's claiming to be an undercover cop or an undercover tourist police walk away, scream for help um, 
insist that you walk with them to yeah. um to a the local police station, the consulate. Don't yeah. get in a taxi with them to go to the yeah. the police station. Um but yeah, don't don't trust anyone playing clothes who's claiming to be a cop in uh, in Bolivia, Peru, or Chile. Definitely, and don't give up your passport. Like if a, even if it's a uniformed policeman, and they yep. want to see your passport or your travel documents or anything yep. like that, insist to go with them. Yes, yeah, the sh- you can show them, but just don't hand them over. Yeah, um, I got given my first false note. I, this seems like a litany of scams. It wasn't a false note. Um, it was it was two real notes cut in half and taped together. Yeah, obviously it had been ripped, and the federal bank doesn't take the notes back. So. Um, yeah, so that was that was odd. It took us a while to um to to hand that one off, but we got rid of it in the end. Sweet. So let's um move on from this um long long <laughs> litany of ways you can get ripped off or robbed in um <laughs> in Bolivia, because although we had to be really really careful, it did not feel like an overly unsafe place to travel. Um, it never felt physically violent. No, that's right. I think I always felt safe, but I always felt like I had to be on my guard. Yeah, I, I was I was in high security mode all of the time, yeah. which I didn't like. I was I was stressed. I'm glad to be um, glad to be going back to Chile and onto Argentina, even though there's similar problems. Um, I didn't feel it was so invasive. Definitely. Well, let's talk about our trip down here. First of all, we got on a bus after our Janine and Ange got targeted uh, by this throwing things at you scan. We managed to get on the bus. Unfortunately, we'd very carefully booked tickets on the bus to be at the most comfortable seats on the bus, but the bus layout was different to the layout that we'd been shown. So. <laughs> okay, suppressor. Yeah, so we ended up in the least secure seats in the bus, just yep. in front of the stairwell and opposite the stairwell. Yep. So that kind of sucked. So we weren't sitting together either. No, um, no, we, we'd, so we'd booked like seats every... in a line. But... <laughs> um, complete waste of time. Bus companies here are a massive step down in safety security of your belongings and mechanical um, prowess. So, but there were but no movies. There, there were no, no movies. You're right. Oh my goodness, and that was so good because in almost all of the other long-distance buses we've caught, there have been movies until midnight and sometimes so loud that they've made me cry. I actually cry. I actually cried because it was so loud and I couldn't sleep. But this bus did not have any movies and although that meant that it probably wasn't as high a standard as the other buses, it meant that we could sleep. Well, at least we could try to sleep. But just to give you an idea, like our direct bus that was going directly <laughs> from the station in La Paz to the station um, terminal in Ayuni, which is just a street, even though they euphemistically term it a terminal because there's two or three different bus companies mm. with their offices together. Yeah. Um, it stopped at least nine times in the first 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, we... And, like, I don't mean they stopped for traffic. I mean, they pulled over on the side of the road. People got on the bus. People got off the bus. The baggage doors got opened. Bags went out. Bags went on. And you're sitting there going, I'm, I'm, what the yeah. heck is happening? Um, well, we still managed to get to a uni on time. On time and with all of our personal belongings. Amazing. Incredible. Because <laughs> um, we, we did hear about down. people that fell asleep on the bus and their day bag with all of their valuables went missing by the time they woke up. So, um, yeah, be extra cautious on the buses, and if you can, sit on the same side of the buses you put your bags in. So at all of these um, random, unauthorized stops where... Who knows who's opening up that what's happening. You can make sure your bags aren't the ones walking off into the the dodgy garage on the side of the road. Sure. 
Um, so yeah, but got there safe and sound with all of our personal belongings, and uh, we got down to Ayuni, which is a uni. A uni. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just a small town. It's basically nothing. Most people arrive in the morning and hop on a tour, and sometime in the morning or in the afternoon. But we were meeting some friends of Janine, and uh, we decided to just check into a hostel for the night and meet them. The, we meet them that day, and then take the tour the next day. Yeah. So we we wandered around a bit in the cold, cold, cold of the morning. And we looked at every single hotel had the same price. <laughs> That's it hilarious. Was it was 30 bolivianos for, mm. per person for a room with a shared bathroom, or 50 for a private, a private bathroom, bathroom. Yeah. which is quite a big step up. But anyway, we... But no, what was weird was this is from the, the hostels with, like, your shared bathroom is six to ten people in a dorm. Yeah. And it was the same price if you had a hotel with, um, like, a double bed or two single beds yeah. and a shared bathroom. It, it was all It was identical. amazing. It was we we awesome. went to five or six different places, and we looked at three different rooms. And standards, like, one, one room we looked at, the bed had a great big dip in the middle, and it was still 50 Bolivianos. So we ended up choosing one. I think it was in the mid-range, but it was quite a nice location, and it wasn't too loud. And, yeah. and um, yeah, which was lucky, because that was actually where Janine's friends ended up staying, so it all worked yeah. out quite well. Now, I should say the point of going to Ioni is the um, the salt flats, mm-hmm. which are just outside the town. And we've just got, like, three, four minutes left on this memory card before we run out of talk time. So let's let's blast through what we've been doing over the last couple of days. All right. Well, we decided to go with Australia del Sur because this is the company that Janine's friends went with. And they went. They said they had a really good time. There so are over 60 companies offering companies, yeah. the same, pretty much the same tour. And if you look online for reviews, it A, appears no one has travelled in Bolivia since 2007 <laughs> or the beginning of 2008. B, all of the drivers get so uproariously drunk at night they can't, can't drive, the, can't next drive the next day. And um, every single vehicle breaks down and all of the food is terrible. Yeah. Um, TripAdvisor, sort yourself out. Um, all of the Google it. results were out of date, ancient, and it really seems like all of the companies have stepped up their game in it terms of like terms of quality. But that said, we've been eating better than most of the other tour groups yeah, we've, we've been, been seeing. We've been looking at their food and our food is definitely better. Yeah, and we've got a newer model vehicle. Um, our driver's great. So yeah, Australia yeah. del Sur is our, our decision and we're really happy with it. Yeah, I think the companies actually combine because every single Jeep seems to have six people in it, which is the maximum. So I think if they had eight people, they They'd put bump, two bump onto a different over. company. Yeah. So, you know, all the research you can do, just try and make sure you're with the company you choose, because it might not be. <laughs> anyway, so we headed off, and on the first day we went to the train cemetery to start a uni, which was quite interesting. Just a whole lot of old British um, trains that we saw. Then we kept on going, and what did we go to next? Uh, we went out into the salt flats. Now, oh, the yeah, salt flats so are cool. huge, 200 kilometres from side to side. We drove for one and a half hours um, with a few stops as well. Yeah. And we got to a point near the middle, which is called um, Fish Island, um, because apparently it looks like a fish. To I me, it looks like a fish. To me, it looks like a huge pile of coral in the middle of a sandy desert, uh, sorry, a salt desert with huge cactuses on it. It doesn't look much like a fish at all. But it does have cactuses on it. They're quite cool. <laughs> did put the cactus on in my head, which was a little bit annoying, but it was quite, it was really beautiful. So we walked up. Had a look at the view. It was amazing. Everything was so white. 
We came back down, had lunch, and then we took lots of perspective photos. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think we'll chuck some of those up on, on the website yeah, if hilarious. we can steal them off Ange and Janine. Um, it's so flat, you can take some really hilarious photos. Yeah, so we got, got some, some of like Janine standing on my head and things like that. Yeah, people coming out of backpacks and... Um, Toilet rolls. And yeah, like all sorts of good fun. fun. It was awesome. So that was good fun. We went from there to our um, hostel overnight, which was a hotel made of salt. It was now, so cool, it was the, so cool. The foundations were concrete like normal, but... All of the walls were like bricks of salt, and the mortar was salt, and the tables, and even the beds were made out of salt. We and had it was real surprisingly mattresses, warm overnight. Yeah, it was good. Um, salt obviously insulates really well, but you don't want to build with it anywhere it's going to rain. No, it didn't work too well. And we had a really nice meal, and then yeah, we just hung around. The generator came on, which was quite nice. Yep. And then yeah, we yeah. went to sleep. So today we've been moving through desert lands and. The mineral content here is so high and so varied that the landscape changes colour about every 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, So that was really cool. And there's a lot of um, desert wildlife around. Yeah, we've really enjoyed seeing things. And we're looking forward to tomorrow. We're going to bathe in some hot pools, see some interestingly coloured lakes. And yeah, just all sorts of other things. And then we're going to go to Chile. Yeah, awesome. So um, yeah, that's that's us. We'll be in Chile, um, San Pedro de Atacama, uh, where we'll upload this podcast. Then on to Salta in Argentina. If you're in Argentina over the next month, or um, Uruguay as well, um, yeah, flick us an email, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or ping us at Facebook.com slash IndieTravel. And uh, we'll arrange to meet up and have some drinks and talk travel. It'll be fun. Um, don't forget about this Audible deal. You can download a free Audible audiobook by visiting IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook. So until next week, travel well.